Like all great discoveries, the solution of Lucia's foxy look broke on him with the suddenness of a lightning flash. And, since it had been settled that she should call for him at six, he stationed himself in the window of his bathroom, which commanded a perfect view of the village green and the entrance to the Ambermere Arms, at five. He brought up with him a pair of opera glasses with the intention of taking them to bits, so he had informed Foljambi, and washing their lenses. But he did not at once proceed about this, merely holding them ready to hand for use. Hermie and Ursy had gone back to their golf again after lunch, and so callers would be told that they were all out. Thus he could wash the lenses when he chose to do so, uninterrupted. The minutes passed on pleasantly enough, for there was plenty going on. The two Miss Antropuses frisked about the green, jumping over the stocks in their playful way, and running round the duck pond in the eternal hope of attracting Colonel Boucher's attention to their pretty nimble movements. For many years past they had tried to gain George's serious attention without any result, and lately they had turned to Colonel Boucher. There was Mrs. Antropus there too, with her ham-like face and her ear-trumpet, and Mrs. Weston was being pushed around and around the asphalt path below the elms in her bath chair. She hated going slow, and her gardener and his boy took turns with her during her hour's carriage exercise, and propelled her amid streams of perspiration at a steady four miles an hour. As she passed Mrs. Antropus, she shouted something at her, and Mrs. Antropus returned her reply when next she came round. Suddenly, all these interesting objects vanished completely from George's ken, for his dark suspicions were confirmed, and there was Lucia in her Hightum hat and her Hightum gown, making her gracious way across the garden. She had distinctly been wearing one of the scrub this morning at the class, so she must have changed after lunch, which was an unheard-of thing to do for a mere stroll on the green. Georgie knew well that this was no mere stroll. She was on her way to pay a call of the most formal and magnificent kind. She did not deviate a hair-breadth from her straight course to the door of the arms. She just waggled her hand to Mrs. Antropus, blew a kiss to her sprightly daughters, made a gracious bow to Colonel Boucher, who stood up and took his hat off, and went on with the inexorability of the march of destiny, or of fate knocking at the door in the immortal Fifth Symphony. And, in her hand, she carried a note. Through his glasses Georgie could see it quite plainly, and it was not a little folded-up sheet, such as she commonly used, but a square, thick envelope. She disappeared in the arms, and Georgie began thinking feverishly. A great deal depended on how long she stopped there. 